We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. And welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest. You know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, it's been a busy week. A lot of little news stories flying all around Broncos HQ. Uh, but first things first, I wanted to get your take and your reaction to Benjamin Albright of KOA Radio's revelation, as it were, that those of us, and I'll include myself in this, that have been critical of George Payton for paying uh, Russell Wilson when he did, in hindsight, right? Everybody's hindsight's twenty twenty saying, oh, man, that might be a factor in whether or not he keeps his job this year. Well, it turns out, according to Benjamin Albright, one of the reasons that George Payton is, quote, 100% safe is because he actually wanted to wait on Russ, on paying Russ. And it was the new ownership group, the Walton Penners, who said, no, we want to get a jump on this. Go ahead and spend the money now. We want you to spend the money. So we did. Your reaction, and does that change the lay of the land Etc. I, I think you put it best on Twitter uh, when you said that George Payton's an employee of the Walton Penner group. He works for them. He, he takes his orders from them. He has to answer to them. So if they directed him to pay Russell Wilson, it's their money. It's their $245 million. It's not George Payton's. Then Payton was being a, a good soldier. Um, I respect the hell out of Benjamin Albright, and I do trust his reporting. I think he used the word cannon to describe it. I thought that was pretty good. Um, I don't know that that anything is 100% though in the NFL. You know, I mean, things can change on a daily basis. If the Broncos get blown out, for example, by Colt McCoy and the Cardinals, maybe Greg Penner, Rob Walton, Kerry Penner, they all say, listen, we got to blow the whole thing up. George Payton, you got to go to. But I think it's anyone with a, a modicum of common sense can see where this is going. They're going to clean house on the coaching side. They're going to retain Russell Wilson. They're going to retain George Payton under the condition that he better nail that next head coaching hire. And that next head coaching hire better do something to maximize the $245 million investment that the ownership group has in Russell Wilson. 
Yeah, they uh, they like George Payton, that's for sure, it sounds like, the Walton Penners. And, I mean, he shares complicity, obviously, in the swing and a miss on Nathaniel Hackett. But one thing in his defense on that front, what's up, Chris? Thank you for the super chat, big dog. He says, Chad, Zach, Scott, still the best in the business. You're a prince. Uh, is, you know, he hired Nathaniel Hackett before Russell Wilson was even an option. So for what it's worth, that that factors, I think, anyway, Zach, into the calculus a little bit because makes you wonder if it was the other way around. And I know the NFL calendar doesn't work this way, but just for craps and giggles, right? If Russell Wilson had been acquired via trade first or a trade agreement had been, you know, in principle or whatever, and then they went out and hired, do you think George Payton makes that same decision to hire Hackett and then we'll grab Antonio here? I mean, looking back on it, we can't change the past. I think it's mental gymnastics to try to figure out which is the truth and uh, what would happen with the butterfly effect, as it were. They hired Nathaniel Hackett, and let's be honest, it's not a conspiracy theory. I think it's pretty well regarded by now to lure Aaron Rodgers. That was the plan A. I don't think it's too much of a myth. I think that was George Payne's intention. And when Rodgers stayed in Green Bay, they they pivoted to the guy that they were already targeting, but was their plan B in Russell Wilson. So I think that George Payne would make a move one way or the other. He knew he needed a franchise quarterback. If he was willing to pay, If I guess he figured at that point before the ownership group came in, they would eventually have new owners that would um, – uh, pony up the money he figured what the hell I'll swing for the fences but looking back on it we can't change it Chad the Broncos are stuck with Russ they're not necessarily stuck with Hackett though that's the bottom line that's the line in the sand they can divorce one and uh, they're stuck with the other I think that's what's going to happen Antonio thank you buddy appreciate that very early super chat you've been with us a long time my friend and we appreciate you he says what's up priest if Hackett is gone after this year, who are you guys hiring as head coach? So, Zach, if you had a blank check and you were the master of the universe, who's coaching the Broncos 2023? Well, let me just count out loud. VJ, Vic, Hackett, this will be number four. And no disrespect, Antonio, I just feel like we're going to get this question a lot over the course of the next, I don't know, month or so. My, I'm going to get a tattoo on my forehead uh, for that month to say Sean Payton because that's still my home run swing. That's my idealistic coach to uh, come to Denver, even though I think it's unlikely. Realistically, though, I think I'm getting on the Dan Quinn bandwagon after resisting that temptation last coaching cycle. I wanted Hackett, admittedly, but I think a high floor CEO type of head coach is what the Broncos need right now. But Quinn would have to, again, nail that OC hire. And if he brings Brian Schottenheimer along, that's not so sexy to me. Yeah, Dan Quinn, you know, when he was first hired by the Atlanta Falcons, it's like he hit it out of the park because he hired the right offensive-minded coordinator, Kyle Shanahan. And then after Kyle left to uh, take the San Francisco job, couldn't quite get it right, and it ended up leading to his ultimate demise. But he's in my top three as it stands right now. Dan Quinn, you know, asterisk, and hopefully a coordinator that maybe has a history with Russ. But, uh, yeah, the dream would be Sean Payton. Rumor mill saying he wants to, he wants to coach somewhere in uh, Tinseltown. He wants to coach in L.A. somewhere. And oddly enough, even the Rams have been included, Zach, in some of these uh, rumors, which – I can't imagine one year after winning the Super Bowl, dealing with the injuries that they have, uh, that Sean McVay, who's been the 
you know, flavor of the month since the year after he was hired in L.A., all his assistants, boom, head coaches. I can't imagine they make a change for Sean Payton. They both have a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, I do think McVay has one foot out the door. I feel like he was talked into coming back for another. He should have went out on top. He really shouldn't have come back for another season. He has a cushy, I think it's an Amazon job waiting for him, some sort of high-paying media job uh, in McVay's future. But the one team that I keep hearing connected to the Sean Payton sweepstakes, as it were, is Arizona. And interestingly enough, they'll probably end up firing Cliff Kingsbury, who I would want nothing to do with, by the way. Um, their general manager, Steve Kime, is stepping away from the team, could be permanently. It's indefinite right now for a health-related matter. If Sean Payton were to come in anywhere, Chad, he'd likely demand personnel control, GM powers, and what better opportunity to come in and be the head coach, be the GM with no GM in the picture in Arizona, and also coach a young quarterback in Kyler Murray. But does the Murray ACL injury change Payton's mind? We don't know that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. BK, thanks, buddy, for the super chat, my friend. He says, who are you guys rooting for tonight? A better pick from the Niners or to silence Seahawks fans? The Meteor. Yeah. It's, it's a no-win scenario. I mean, I can't stand the Seattle fan base after what they've put me through on social media. <laughs> um, but then again, I do want a higher draft pick for the Broncos. So, you know, I think I'll, I'll do the right thing, the honorable thing, and I'll swallow my own pride. And uh, I'll say, let's go Seahawks. Seahawks ship has sailed, you know. That's cruising for a top five pick 
regardless. So, you know, now it's about how do you better Denver's position in the draft? So Niners, we're, we're, we got to root for the Seahawks. The rooting interest, even though pride's at stake here, the rooting interest is falls with the Seahawks. Dr. Christopher L. Bush, PhD, that is, doctor in the house. Thank you, bud. Good to see you. He says, bros, y'all look like twins. I thought I was double screen. I know every once in a while, Zach wears his glasses and then, you know, we, we look like uh, brothers from another mother. Let's, let's change that. Yeah. So yeah you the, take, there's a stark difference right there. I don't, I don't really no see doubt. it though. I mean, here, is that better? I'll just keep it I, like that. I, I think he's just pulling your leg. It's all good. No. I mean, I can't see without my glasses. Now I don't like the glare blurred. anyway. I'm you old. don't have that problem. I'm old. My eyes don't work. Marcus, hey, across the pond, what's up, bro? He says, people are talking about Hackett may be safe. Please tell me this is not so. I'm really not worried about Russ. Um, I haven't heard anything recently. I mean, in the immediate aftermath, Zach, of the Broncos making it a game against the Chiefs, there were a few, um, you know, close beat reporters that were saying really nice things about Hackett and kind of, I don't know, bolstering his position a little bit. But no one was out there really saying this is it. This saved his job. Like, it's all downhill from here for Hackett. He's going to get a year or two. And since then, I haven't heard anything along those lines. I think he's still on the outside looking in. I don't know. I mean, I think even if you win the, all the remaining games, I don't know if you can get that toothpaste back in the tube, Zach. Like, uh, you got to call a spade a spade sometimes. And in the case of uh, Nathaniel Hackett, it's been just one massive failure to launch. If he survives this, it would be stunning. Yeah, I mean, there's two schools of thought as far as I'm concerned. If you bring back Hackett, you can't sell that to the fan base. So you're pretty much presupposing a losing season. And in that scenario, you're what, tanking for Caleb Williams in 2024, firing Hackett, firing Peyton, getting rid of Russell Wilson, and starting completely over and rebuilding for probably three or five years. I don't know that I can get on board with that. The other school of thought is that Hackett hasn't had a chance to implement his culture fully in one season with all the injuries and all the different uh, factors at play. But my counter to that is, show me one thing, one thing, that Hackett brings to the table positively as a head coach. You took away play calling duties and the offense is looking better because of it. He doesn't inspire. You know, he's not a master tactician, not a master motivator. So if even one part of his plan, you could see glimpses of it paying off, I could see the 5% chance of bringing Hackett back. But there's literally nothing he's doing correctly, nothing he's doing that makes you say, you know what, he shouldn't be one and done. That precedent has been set. You know, when Urban Meyer gets fired in year one for what he did, I understand that. And when the Colts are hiring Jeff freaking Saturday, the, the bar has been lowered exponentially. So they shouldn't have to feel bad about starting over with a new head coach, giving up on Hackett after one year. You can already tell that the experiment was a miss, that it was more Freddie Kitchens than Nick Sirianni. I think that's where we have to keep it. By the way, Dave, in his 100-week streak, bro, you're a legend. We love you. We appreciate you. Thanks for everything, big dog. Uh, hey, we're just happy to have you in the community. So you are a legend. I don't know that that streak will ever be broken. I think you'll own that record at least for the foreseeable. It's like Peyton Manning and his 55 touchdowns. People might come close, but it's going to be hard to snap that record, beat that record. So, Dave, much love to you, big dog. 
Um, okay, back to uh, the subject at hand. Zach, as it relates to some of the other items, all right, on the Newswire this week, uh, relative Denver Broncos, did you get a chance uh, to read Eric Trickle's examination of the Broncos' injury woes? And basically what it really comes down to as far as who shares the ultimate complicity. Did you get a chance to read that? Very well put together article. I, I like the argument that he laid out. So, yeah. It's a uh, well-researched piece. And I give the I give Eric a lot of credit for that. Um, there's a couple salient points here. And this comes back to the same topic that we opened tonight's show with, which is George Payton's uh, job security. We're hearing from Benjamin Albright that he's safe, and I'm sure that's, like I said on Twitter, I'm, I don't really have any reason to doubt Benjamin Albright on that front. But one of the things that contributes to the Broncos, uh, I mean, unprecedented injury woes this season isn't just the easy uh, culprit here of pointing to strength and conditioning coach Lauren Lando, although that's definitely part of this equation. But also, Zach, the fact that when you look at the number of players that are on injured reserve and how many of those were either signed or extended by George Payton, and you realize the trend in Payton and the Broncos, not just, you know, the preceded Payton as well, investing in players who have an injury-prone label attached to their name, it makes it hard then for the Broncos to come to the table and say, man, we've just been so unlucky, you know, forgive us, this is just a, a bad streak of luck when it's very much a part of, hey, your decision-making on some of these players and paying them and, and not just investing the dollars, but you hinge the destiny of the team on these key players because you're signing key players to key positions, right. et cetera. It really was uh, eye-opening. Yeah, I mean, for sure that a, a player's own complicity and their injury history should be called into question, but – um, George Payton or John Elway, they were general managers that target specific areas and cheap out on them. And when you cheap out on an area, you tend to go with a injury prone player or a cheaper player or someone you can get on a one year deal because most of these proven contracts are players that are coming off injury. And what two positions have the Broncos cheaped out the most in the last five years? That'd be right tackle an inside linebacker. And it's, that's why it's been a revolving door at both areas, even though that Singleton and Jewel are holding it down. But even Jewel, Chad, you know, he's been um, injured and in and out of the lineup as well. I just don't, I don't understand the protection offered to Lauren Landau and to an extent Vince Garcia as well, the head uh, uh, strength and conditioning coach or whatever title Tra he has. Trainer, trainer or something. Yeah, head trainer. I, I mean, that's where, to me, the buck stops. If an offensive coordinator's offense is bad, regardless of if the quarterback is the one throwing the passes, the line is blocking, yada, yada, the OC is held accountable for that. Look at Hackett. You know, the microcosm already occurred in the Broncos coaching staff. The offense wasn't good enough, so Hackett paid the price for that. After 18, 19, 20, five years of Lauren Landau now. It's not a coincidence. Five years later, the Broncos are the most injured team by statistic and by data over that time span. They had their 18th player in Jacob Martin yesterday land on IR. 18 players. That is not normal. Something needs to change. And I'm not advocating solely to fire Lauren Landau. I'm not on a crusade for him to lose his job. 
if that means Garcia has to go too, so be it. But they need to try something new because this is decimating the team year in and year out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, the Lauren Landau thing is 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 you know we get flack for bringing this up, but the proof is in the pudding, and I get it. Trickle talks about it in this piece as well that uh, he was he was utilized by a lot of former Bron- before he became strength and conditioning coach. He was a finalist in a previous in the previous uh, hiring cycle when they hired Luke Richardson because so many Broncos players were actually using him his facility during the off season. And so when Richardson when they opted to let Richardson leave for a significant uh, promotion with the Houston Texans. He was the easy, yeah, let's just go with, with Landau, but the proof is in the pudding. And the unfortunate aspect of this is that it's been compounded by then increasingly poor decisions when it comes to investing free agent dollars and drafting players, too, uh, that have an injury-prone label. I just want to read this, some, this summation here from Trickle on this article, but guys, go read it. It's very eye-opening. And he's taking some blowback on it. I stand right behind him on this, though. It's rock solid, Okay. The facts are the facts. In fact, most of the time he spends on this is not trying to castigate Lauren Landa, which is, you know, I guess when it comes to strength and conditioning coaches, Zach, in the NFL and media, it's a sacrosanct topic that you're not supposed to touch. But here's what here's what he how he sums it up. Quote, Broncos injuries aren't surprising, nor should they be. The team has invested in players with the injury prone label and employs a strength and conditioning coach with a higher rate of soft tissue injuries than any other coach in the NFL. Combined, you end up with over $58 million on injured reserve. This is also why it doesn't matter how talented the Broncos are when they're healthy. Every NFL team would be better if they didn't suffer injuries. Obviously, the difference is most other teams don't continue to invest in oft-injured players year after year as the Broncos have. So, I don't know. We heard from George Payton. Zach, what was it? Was it leading up to the The London game? Yeah, the London game. That you know, they're going to look at potentially the situation with how they're approaching strength and conditioning, whether it's updating what Lauren Landau does or maybe looking for a replacement. We'll see. Yeah, I, I do miss uh, uh, Luke Richardson. I do miss the Greek as well. You know, it's all been downhill since their departures. But Eric makes a good point that I want to steal, man. I want to use one example. They let Bryce Callahan walk. And he was as injury prone as any player you'll see in a Broncos uniform. Who did they replace him with as a slot cornerback? Kwan Williams. He's this literally an identical player to Bryce in that he's really good when he's on the field. The problem is he's injury prone. Look at the Randy Gregory situation. That was his um, red flag in Dallas. Good on the field when he's on the field, but he's too injured uh, too often for your liking. And what happened? Randy Gregory got injured. So, yeah, I, I think it's a mixture, as most things are. Just like, what's the problem with the Broncos offense? It's not one thing or the other. The injuries, I happen to believe that after five years, Landau has to be held accountable for that, and his staff has to be held accountable. But Eric's right. When you sign as a general manager players that are perpetually injury-prone, you're going to get an injury-prone player. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, when you're the 800 pound gorilla that drives conversation in a media sphere like MHH is, a lot of times they're we we take the fiery darts right. We're we're a big easy target for our competition to come at, and it's fine. We we've survived it all along, and that'll never stop. Diamond Rattler says here, did you see what local media called MHH quote out of state reporters due to the Lauren Landau article? said it's elevation that's injuring the players. It's no secret. Eric Trickle makes no secret um, that he doesn't live in Colorado. But guess what? Nothing in his piece, not one thing, uh, has anything to do with or is relative to being there. He's just using stats and information. He's just doing the research. So guys that want to, in local media that in Denver, that want to castigate Eric Trickle for this article, how about you do the research? before you cast that stone at Eric Trickle, because it's a phenomenal piece. Find a way to refute it. Find a way to refute the fact the Broncos have the most soft tissue, or soft tissue injuries in the NFL over the period that he's been the coach, all right? And then refute the fact that George Payton and his predecessor, John Elway, continue to exacerbate that by investing in injury-prone players. It's just, it's black and white. That's all it is. Yeah, I don't want to speak for Eric, um, but if I was Eric, I would say <laughs> facts don't care about your feelings. It's as simple as that. He dug up the data. He dug up all the hard numbers you have to know about the Broncos injury situation. He put forth a hypothesis, and I give Eric a bunch of credit for that. I went like this because I've learned personally, again, I'm not speaking for Eric, but I'm sure you can uh, um, agree, Chad. It's dirt off my shoulder. You know, it's like it, we're we've taken so many darts and every entity out there in sports media will take those darts. It comes with the territory. And I know I am used to that anyway. Besides Zach, if it were due to altitude, how come the Broncos haven't always been the most injury prone team in the league? Why is it just recently since Lord exactly. Landau came to town and the Broncos have been making really bad decisions um, in some, I don't want to say really bad decisions, but not the wisest in every case anyway, when it comes to choosing which players to invest in and hinge much of their team's uh, hopes and destiny upon. Marcus Lewis, across the pond again, brother. He says, at the start of the season, I really thought Greg Dulcich would do well. How do you rate him? Zach, what are your thoughts on the rookie third-round pick out of UCLA? If I had some crow in front of me, I would uh, one-throat it right now because I was not high on the Greg Dulcich pick at all. I thought it was kind of a wasted pick considering you had Albert O, but now Albert O is a complete non-factor playing like two snaps a game and Dulcich is arguably the most reliable receiver shockingly enough on the Broncos offense right now he's the ideal safety blanket his blocking is getting better and better um rating him I'd say is solid from what I've seen I know he hasn't played the whole season but I would give him an eight out of ten he's been that impressive to me he needs to keep working on his blocking but other than that hey at least in that realm I should say he is high effort like he never 
he doesn't short arm it, so to speak, like um, Julius Thomas used to do, for example, uh, back during the Peyton Manning days. He's a try-hard guy in that respect. But, man, he is a difference maker, Greg Dulcich, for this offense. And once Russell Wilson realized what he could do to help things, man, it's it's been um, quite eye-opening. And, Zach, if you could get Jerry Judy playing on at the X like he did in, Kansas, in the Kansas City game because – Cortland Sutton was injured. If you keep him at the X and just and move Sutton over to uh, the flanker, over to the Z, and just keep doing that thing you were doing with Judy and Dulcich, things would then open up for Cortland Sutton. You might have a, a pretty uh, formidable trio of passing targets. That was one of the takeaways for me last week, Zach, is Jerry Judy, when he stepped into that role that Sutton had, of course, been holding on to, Man, he was just – it suited his, his skill set better. He was getting a lot more man coverage on the X, and he was beating it. And, man, paid off in spectacular fashion. Also, don't forget, y'all, tight end transitioning to the NFL is one of, if not the hardest position um, to, to get down. So the fact that Dulcich, again, after coming off the shelf, that dealing with that injury is performing at the level he's performing at – it makes you feel so much better about the old Jake Butt disaster, doesn't it, Chad? I mean, you know, a high price tight end you thought was going to be the future and never really panned out. About Judy, though, my takeaway was if you're admitting he's been that good at the X and out and admitted today that Jerry's so good because he, he can run all the uh, positions uh, at wide receiver, why has he never been playing the X position then? Why did it take until Cortland Sutton's injury in week 14 for the Broncos to move him around? Again, the mismanagement of his talent is eye-opening. Shout out to Albert in the house. What's going on, big dog? Good to see you. Uh, Phil McLaughlin throwing in. What's up, bro? He says, any idea what Tyreek McAllister and the new outside linebacker, Zach, you wrote about this. So what can they add to the team at this point? MHH for live, he says, right back at you, Phil. It's not uh, outside linebacker Shane Ray. That's outside linebacker Wyatt Ray, who I'm sure less of you have heard of. Uh, these are guys that are added to the practice squad. This is a guy in Wyatt Ray who's been bouncing from practice squad to practice squad. I believe he entered the NFL in 2019 um, because you lost Jacob Martin to a season-ending knee injury, I think it was. So just depth and a guy you can maybe develop for a couple weeks before you hand out futures contracts. Tyreek McAllister, he spent the offseason with the Broncos. He was picked up as a rookie undrafted free agent. And again, just more depth in that room with Mike Boone down now, Chase Edmonds on IR. I mean, the Broncos are a walking mash unit. So you're not going to even hear about these guys beyond the next four weeks. Is it Ton? Is it Tone? Hey, dude. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Right back at you, bud. Thanks for being with us. Okay. Um, Zach, we're at about 26 minutes. We got pr plenty of time. So let's say hello to Andrew Lampy, who's jumping in. Appreciate you, bro. He says, hope everyone had a wonderful day. No questions, only appreciation for everybody. We love you. You're awesome, Andrew. Zach, it just seems um, it's Thursday, and as, as is the tradition of this show, we've been doing the head-to-head -head examinations, right, of the Broncos and then their coming opponent on the schedule on Sunday. But I'm not sure what good that's going to do. Not because the season's off the rails, but because Adam Schefter's saying, I'd be shocked if the Broncos play Russell Wilson, or here's a better way of putting it, if Russ makes it out of concussion protocol in time to play this, this week and the Broncos then rubber stamp that and say, yeah, let's, let's play. Adam Schefter's near guaranteeing that 
Wilson's not going to play. Kyler Murray's done for the season. What are we really going to learn about a Colt McCoy versus Brett Rippon matchup? We're going to learn how much we love this business, Jeff. We're going to learn how much we love football because the backup bowl might not be pretty. This is a game that's looking very defensively oriented, and it's to me comes down to Azuro Evero versus everybody's old friend Vance Joseph, who said today that he has no feelings about coming back to Denver, no ill will, no bad blood, but I guarantee you he had a great week of practice in Arizona. Um, it's not going to be a, a great showing on offense for the Broncos. I mean, with Latavius, Marlon Mack, I guess, is coming off a decent game. You have Dulcich, Judy. Um, there's things to build on, but man, I would not run Russ out there. Can you really risk a Tua situation for a team that's going nowhere? 3-10, and 10, eliminated from the playoffs already. Um, you have a quarterback coming off a concussion. You're rushing him out there to what? Play a meaningless game. What happens if he gets another brain injury? It'll be just another nail in Hackett's coffin, and maybe even by then, George Payton's. My curiosity is getting the best of me. We'll look at a couple numbers here on the Cardinals. But first, saying hi to Clayton. Thank you, bud. Good to see you. Finally done working for the year, he says, unless it snows. Nice raise and a huge bonus for me. Well, congrats to you on that, my friend. Enjoy your time off. Um, appreciate you being with us and supporting as always, Clayton. So real quick, let's just look at a couple of key things here. I mean, offensively is where we start maybe going off the rails in terms of, you know, what's the purpose of comparing these two offenses when neither QB one is expected to be on the field. Um, defense though, Zach Broncos are still top 10 in terms of net yards, 314.3 per game. That's seventh. Yards per play, their top five points per game. They've slipped a little. When you give up 34 to the Chiefs, it's going to eat into that average a little bit. But they're at, they're relinquishing 18.3 per game, good for fourth uh, fewest in the NFL. And they're still a top seven passing defense. And they've climbed. Look at this, Zach. They've climbed into the top 10 in interceptions. All right, something that we never saw under Vic Fangio. That was one of the complaints about Fangio is, where are the sacks and where are the takeaways? Uh, and then look at this, though. Be proud of your red zone Denver Broncos defense. Still first in the NFL. And third down, they are the fourth best third down defense. Ever. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm looking at the Cardinals third down and red zone. I'm thinking to myself that VJ is like the hackett of defensive coordinators. How are you that bad? Almost 70% touchdowns allowed in the red zone. But if you go up to the Cardinals offense, Chad, I think they're averaging about 21 points a game, which ranks 17th if my memory holds. Yeah, the sad part is if the Broncos average that number right there, 21.3, if they were 17th in scoring in the NFL, they would not be 3-10 and 10 right now. To only average 14.9 points per game is absolutely disgusting. Going into last week, they were the worst offense the NFL had seen since the year 2000. And Thomas Hall, right, of Legends of Mile High podcast, he did an analysis um, on pro football reference, doing his uh, analytics thing. 
And it was, I don't know if this still stands, but as of last week going into the Chiefs game, it was the worst Broncos offense scoring-wise of all time. And that includes, Zach, some really bad 1960s uh, Denver Broncos squads for what it's worth. But, um, yeah, we can, we, we might be uh, gluttons for punishment talking about the offense here. But look at Vance Joseph's defense. The only thing that they really have to hang their hat on here is they can stop the run. Right, they're a top eight rushing defense, but other than that, twenty-seven points per game allowed. Pretty soft, yes, twenty-seven points. So you've got the worst scoring offense, Zach, <laughs> going against the worst scoring defense, the movable object against yeah. the stoppable force. I mean, what do you, what do you, what do you expect to see? Even if it's Brett Rippon, what do you expect to see from the Broncos' offense? Knowing week? DJ, I expect for Dulcich to go off for about one hundred and seventy yards because he never covered the tight end in Denver. Um, the defense for the Broncos, though, one more point, that's where they've always lagged under Evero uh, thus far is rushing. They're 17th, averaging about 118 rushing yards allowed per game. The Cardinals do something decently well on offense, even with Colt McCoy, and that's run the football with James Conner. That could be a problem for the Broncos. And now Draymond Jones, by the way, is on the injury report with the hip issue. He might not play on uh, the defensive line has been susceptible to the run this year. So, the Broncos, if any game they should win, even with Rippin, Russ, Hackett, whoever, if you can't beat the last-ranked defense that is so bad in the red zone, so bad on third down, and is averaging that many points per game, just fire yourself. <laughs> fire yourself. We actually are fa- – we're going to see the two most penalized teams, Zach, in the NFL. Another way of saying Woo! that, the two most uh, – or least disciplined – teams in the nfl it's gonna be it's gonna be a gas i think um clayton appreciate you buddy zach how many tears did you shed earlier this week when the broncos 100 gave up on mctelvin regime signed with the colts by the way yeah i mean not many i don't know there's got to be a reason that he was in the doghouse under two different coaching staffs It, it wasn't just a vic fangio thing i thought maybe Ajim never really fit in the fangio scheme donatel whoever but when they take over for Evero and or when Evero takes over, and Ajim looked really good. If you remember in the preseason, he had four fumbles, he had a sack, he had pass breakups. I mean, I thought he was going to be in the mix along the D-line, but he's been mothballed completely. So there's got to be something he's doing or not doing behind the scenes that is not rubbing or rubbing the coaches the wrong way. We'll see in Indy. What do you make of Denver's decision to quote unquote start the clock on randy gregory coming off injured reserve nine week absence i want to say it's been um kind of in the same uh conversation as as the whole russell wilson thing in terms of if he if he factors into your long-term plans why do you want to expose him risk him uh in a meaningless final quarter of the season what do you think about this it's not just that but i agree with your premise it's i think george payton overcompensating to get his his high prized additions on the field he wants Gregory out there to justify the 70 million dollar contract if if Russ can he wants him to play and I'm speculating here but because he is the 245 million dollar quarterback who he traded for I'm not wild about sacrificing Gregory's long-term health for a meaningless four games or however long he lasts healthy Uh, but I do like his answer though when he was asked by I can't recall who Uh, What do you say to the people that think you should shut it down? And Gregory said, I've shut it down enough. 
I've been on the sideline enough. I've been injured enough. I want to get out there and help the team win. You know what? For a $70 million player who has no previous investment in the Broncos with the fan base, I give Randy Gregory, in a lost season, by the way, a ton of credit for saying that. Hey, you got him. It's like it's like the old phrase, smoke him if you got him. Play him. That's He's making millions of dollars. Play him. Uh, I don't really – I if this was like the last game of the season – type thing and this was the issue on Russ do you play him and expose him and Randy Gregory uh I could probably be persuaded to say ah yeah what's the use we've whistled uh, past the graveyard this far let's go ahead and and shut him down but for the a whole quarter of the season man you Broncos have already been a laughing stock in the league like it would open them up to even more uh criticism and ridicule and uh, so I'm happy to see him come back. Like, I get it. It's a risk. It's questionable. Uh, it's it's not without uh, some downside potential. But, hey, go out there and play. Randy Gregory, do your thing. Justin Simmons was stoked about it. Colby says, uh, not much to say except just get a win. Could this be Denver's fourth win? What do you, what, what do you foresee? We haven't, you know, the Mile High Roundtable and the staff predictions comes out tomorrow. But how do you see this game unfolding under the expectation, of course, that it's going to be Ripon versus McCoy. Yeah, that's my thing. If it was Russ versus uh, Colt McCoy, I do like how Russ played last week, and I feel like even with the brain injury, he could build off that. But with Brent Ripon, again, a defensive-oriented game, which is what the Broncos, I think, by now like to play anyway. They know they're not going to score many points, and they know they can probably hold opposing offenses out of the end zone. My brain is telling me not to pick the Broncos for the rest of the year because every time I do, they end up losing, I mean, to win. But my heart and my gut is telling me the Broncos are going to somehow, they have a decent track record versus Arizona. I have a feeling they're going to come out of this game with a low scoring, but a victory nonetheless. Yeah, let's let's look at that real quick. I'm going to go back to the same document that uh, we we use for the head-to-head that Broncos PRs so gracious for putting together for us. Uh, let's see. Broncos own a nine, one and one. Ah, there Ooh, there's, there's a symbol for you. Uh, All time record, regular season record. That is against the Cardinals, including their perfect five and Ozak at home against the Cardinals in the regular season. Score prediction two nothing Broncos Boom. fourth <laughs> one of the year. I don't know. To me, it's like, Hey, who's the more competent quarterback with the most experience in this situation? It's, Colt McCoy, but if you can figure out how to get the run game going without Russell Wilson, then I can see the Broncos winning this game. But that's a big if because this is a good rushing defense. That's the one thing Arizona can hang its hat on defensively. Marcus says, I have to say that I'm worried the cards may have a sting in their tail. So beware, Broncos, MHH forever. You demand, brother. We'll see. There's also the, as we, as Zach talked about earlier, the storyline, the drama of VJ coming back to Denver. There, it would be a storyline even if the Broncos, Zach, were playing them in the desert, but it's VJ returning back to his first, the destination that was his first head coaching gig of which he was unceremoniously uh, dispatched early. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the Cardinals are going to have uh, a little extra juice in the tank. I don't know. I mean, to their credit, though, they have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. On offense, even without Kyler Murray, they have DeAndre Hopkins. They have James Conner. 
Um, on defense, look what VJ is working with an inside linebacker. They have Zaven Collins and uh, Isaiah Simmons. They have Buda Baker. They have JJ Watt on the defensive line, who's not exactly washed yet. He has some juice left in the t- gas left in the tank. Juice doesn't make sense. So it could be a case where if the Broncos underestimate, I don't know how the Broncos of all teams could take any team lightly, but they're playing at home. The Cardinals are, you know, coming off Murray's ACL and the GM leaving. If they take this for granted, man, that star power on the Cardinals is still good enough to overcome whatever water gum the Broncos want to bring to the fight. Let's grab one more, and then we're going to say good night for now, gang. Ryan Thompson jumping in. Appreciate you always being very active in our chat, Ryan. Thanks, bud. He says, you guys think the team moves on from K.J. Hamler this offseason? Zach, could you see that happening? And let's see, going into his contract year, right? He's a year three guy. I would, man, it's tough. I know a lot of people are jumping off the Hamler bandwagon. He can't stay healthy. He's a one-dimensional player. I get all that. And coming off a major knee and hip, uh, both injuries as well. But I just, I I feel like I want to see one more year of KJ in who's ever offense, even functioning as a deep threat, decoy, whatever. I, I do love what he brings to the table in pure speed. But then again, you have Montreal. You have Jalen Virgil, you have Brandon Johnson, all three of these receivers, maybe not Montreal so much, have stepped up as the speed guy. So I don't know. It depends what the next OC thinks, the next head coach thinks. But if it was up to me, I would keep KJ. He's cost controlled. He's cheap. And you know what you have in him already. I'd keep him around for one more year, if only as depth, Chad. He's a second round pick. Right. He struggled with injuries. If one of the guys they tapped to kind of be the, K.J. Hamler light had showed out in his uh, absence, like Jalen Virgil or Montreal Washington, then I could maybe see it happening. But he's not getting cut, maybe traded. But even then, who wants to trade for a guy? What could you get, I guess, uh, in exchange for a guy that's so oft injured? Time will tell. I'll be surprised, though, Zach, if he's not a Bronco for 2023. But last thing, this is this is a good one that we should get to from Jeff. Thanks uh, for the reminder on this. How about, he asked, the $100 million investment that the Walton Penner Group is putting into Empower Field? Listen, we told you when when the richest, now richest owner in the NFL um, chose to purchase the Denver Broncos, that it was going to come with some perks. We speculated on, hey, maybe they're going to want to get a new stadium rolling. They said in the very beginning, no, we're stoked on it. You know, we think we're going to we want to stick with Empower Field at Mile High, which has existed since was it 2000 or 2001 when it opened either way. Um, but what they're going to do instead, Zach, is they're going to dump some money to renovate, upgrade the stadium and the in the facility. What say you? It's nice to have money. Uh, that's what it boils down to uh, for them to throw around one hundred million dollars. They also gave one hundred thousand to the Colorado School of Mines to send their fans to the D2 championship in Texas, uh, somewhere. So they're being uh, philanthropic as the Broncos ownership group. But I do like what Mike Kliss tweeted about this very subject. He laid out the plan to upgrade the scoreboard and the concession stands and the seating area. But then he goes about the team playing in the stadium, dot, dot, dot. That's, that's my bigger thing. I don't care about these renovations so much. I care about what are you doing in head coach? How much pressure are you putting on George Payton behind the scenes? I want to see the product on the field improve, not what's around it. Well, that's why I think a big part of this is 
it's ownership throwing the fans a little bit of a bone too. Like, hey, look, we're going to upgrade the game day experience for you, our fans, and try and kind of pull some of that negative scrutiny away from the product on the field to kind of more meta stuff. You know, that's not the ultimate reason. That's not like the driving force behind why they're going to invest $100 million in stadium upgrades, but uh, it's definitely a handy side effect or collateral benefit, for lack of a better term. Anything else, Zach? And by the way, shout out Michael Ronquillo in the house. Good to see you, bud. Anything else tonight before we say good evening? I don't have the game on in front of me, but I'm reading the comments on the side here, and it says that Brock Purdy has a touchdown already. I think the Niners are leading, and Geno Smith's not doing much. So to the whole Purdy thing, you're talking about Mr. Irrelevant coming in and just like balling out, coaching, coaching, coaching. That's why I'm saying even with Russell Wilson going on age 35, I promise you guys, based on what we've seen this year, if you hire the right coach, I do not know who that is at this present moment. If I had a crystal ball, I wouldn't be talking right now. But if you hire the right coach, I promise you, you can make hay with Russ. Indeed. Indeed. Um, Guys, we love you. Thank you for another great week podcasting here at MHH. Tomorrow morning, you got some uh, Thomas Hall, some Legends of Mile High on the Bright, and then the Dove Valley Deep Divers. But we're going to say goodnight for now. That was the Mile High Huddle Podcast. Be sure you're following us on Twitter at the MHH Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Chad's at Chad and Jensen. Myself is Kelberman NFL. And Scott, our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch like we're rocking as you see or you're hearing about right now, go to huddleuppod.com. Check it out. New inventory. I promise you this stuff is A1. Would not deceive you on that. And go to facebook.com slash pod. Be sure you're liking the page, following that page, and go to Apple Podcasts. Leave your football pre-save five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every month. But if anything, guys, please and gals, subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Almost forgot. Wanted to do the update real quick. Month of December, Super Chat Superstar Contest on YouTube. Top five finishers, their name go in a hat. Randomly selected raffle. Winner gets a Broncos jersey of their choosing. Rankings as it stands. Going into tonight's show, Deanna Hendry currently holding down the number one spot, followed by F.A., the DWI guys, Mama Muti. It's sad, Zach, because she's going to follow her boy where where he's going to play, which unfortunately is Las Vegas. But Liliana Muti, shout out to you. We appreciate all your support here at MHH over the years that your son was a Bronco. And uh, we wish you and your boy the very best. And then Najal Top rounds out the top five legendary figure, the Duchess just outside the top five. Uh, and you can see a few other names. So, And then tonight, shout out to these great Super Chat superstars uh, supporting what we do here at MHH. We love you. We appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, BK, Antonio, Chris, uh, and then also Dr. Chris L. Bush. And then our supporters on Facebook love you just as much. Phil McLaughlin, Colby C. Collier, Andrew Lampy, Clayton, and, of course, the Streak Meister General. Dave Glassman, much love and respect. The Broncos had no business leaving Muti on the practice squad to get plucked by the Raiders. They are dumb as hell for doing that. And it's another mismanagement scenario for George Payton, who just, I guess, has no idea what to do with the offensive line. But that was our show for this week. We're back on with the gut reaction following the Broncos Cardinals game, the possible backup bowl between Colt McCoy and Brett Rippon. Have a great weekend, guys. We'll see you then. Take care. And as always... Go Broncos.
Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.